All right, let's be smart. Fucking give people a future here. Are we live? We are live. Fuck it, John. It's a good Monday morning. It is. Welcome, you bastards. <laughs> uh. Hey, can we get? Can we? Oh, how do we get theme music? Never gonna give you up. Never gonna say goodbye. Never gonna turn and cry. You mean like background music playing? Like, like we got, we need to do our intro, and then like some music's gonna roll. It's gonna set the tone and get people pumped. They're gonna be driving down the road. Well, we have intro music, but do you want it under the? Uh, yeah, go well, the intro that announces that the show starts, and mm. then we're gonna do like a good Monday morning, you bastards, and then all of a sudden it's gonna be like a Monday morning mix jams, like a. Poof. Oh, okay. You know, like something to like tap the steering wheel to, cruise down the road, get our art on. So you want trap music underneath? Oh, some <laughs> shit like that. Right? Right. What do you listen to when you when you drive? Like if you're like, okay, I got one hour left. I'm tired. Um, I'm not gonna stop. I just want to get there. I've I so I finally we did a test run on um, Spotify because I've realized that. My most of my music listening habits nowadays are just passive, like it's background element, mm -hmm. and um, so I've defaulted to the radio. Mm -hmm. And but we did a trial run of Spotify a few months ago, and I realized like it boosted my mood a lot. So I've started. I, I went back to that and just create a bunch of playlists, mm -hmm. just based off of like some really. Is that, is that what we heard in the shop the other day? On your playlist, <laughs> what was that? Uh, no, I was in a, a top 40s mood. Shut up. <laughs> I don't even know what that was. That was like my daughter took over the, the radio. I mean, I liked it. I knew all the words. So it's not like I was like, what in, what in correlation? What is this music? No, it was all right. I like anything that gives me energy. I There was one client that put me on to Yellow Rose or Yellow Press or Yellow something. It's some kind of techno. I don't, I'm not a techno guy. But oh, okay. It's awesome. I love putting it on. It's like a... Yeah, sometimes... Come on, Bobby. Let's go potty. <laughs> sometimes the strangest stuff is what what takes you... Because it's almost like this is so new, it it takes you out of your typical element and you just forget about everything else. It resets your mood. Yeah. And it doesn't matter... For me, it doesn't matter what they're singing about. It's just like the energy that it produces, mm -hmm. which is kind of like what we're going to talk about today. Hmm. <laughs> John, you know what I want to talk about today? <coughs> I want to make complicated drawings more approachable. I want mm. I want people to realize, and like what I had to realize for myself, is that when I see somebody who illustrates something or paints something, or even like printmaking, you could almost default, but coming up with a, a composition, coming up with an image that evokes emotion or feeling or interest or tension or lack of tension, all those things, mm -hmm. um, as a child, as a child artist or a young artist or a new artist, I would see that and I would start drawing what I see in that image without understanding like trying to think of like you know, a lot of the a lot of the cool stuff for me was like Dungeons and Dragons art and stuff like that. Like yeah. there's like there's creepiness and there's wolf howling and there's like things that are like gonna be around a corner and there's a torch lamp and like all these like moods that were set and I would try to reproduce what I saw without right, breaking right. it down. Like I, like I would just sit there and try to draw the textures of the bones and without understanding that the proportions of how that went to the body and where it was at and how it was holding. You know, all the, all the intricates, all the engineering of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It wasn't until 
that I, I could mock, but it couldn't create, you know? Yeah. So it wasn't until I like um, started understanding, I guess thumbnail sketches were introduced to me in my early 20s, mm-hmm. like uh, 20, 21. And um, drawing with uh, bigger uh, tips, like big fat markers or paintbrushes oh, or yeah. whatever. That's a and great really just getting in, like getting away from having uh, such a fine point of a pencil or a pen, and just forcing yourself to really just draw shapes. Mm-hmm. What uh, what do you think was? Because um, that that's one of the things that I'm I've realized is the switch because you start off at an early age just being like I'm trying to replicate and then there's a a switch that flips that you realize that instead of just trying to replicate you start trying to dig into intent and like instead of just copying the masters verbatim you start studying it and wondering like what was their intent what was their what were they trying to imply what was the feeling they were trying to invoke and that helps you channel into being able to quote unquote recreate a little more effectively rather than just being like a, a mark by mark copy. Right. If that makes like, sense. Like the, this, the, we could, well, let's just say for comparison, we can, a paint by numbers does not evoke emotion mm-hmm. as much as it gives you like a sense of accomplishment. Like, oh, I did this. Right. Where if you go and you see a, um, a skull lit by a candle with blood dripping off of it, there's and, and, and if the mood and the lighting set correctly, you you do you feel like some creepy ass shit going on, there, you know? <laughs> like I don't know if I want to go any farther. Right. Hey, Scooby Doo. No, anyway. <laughs> um, I think when I started writing down the words that that I was that I was doing, rather than writing down the images. Mm. I got. Let me try to rephrase that. So with me, when my clients come in and they say, like, I want a wing and I want uh, this angel and I want uh, this flower. Mm-hmm. And, okay, great. I can do all those things and I can assemble them. Right. Why? The backstory. Yeah, like, okay, so um, I almost died. Um, I was saved by a dolphin. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dolphin came back and gave me a flower. I don't know. You know, mm-hmm. just... But whatever. So I can tell a whole nother story that like like brings life and a new birth because you almost died, and I can get back into that, and I can start to start to change my intent, which mm. goes back into okay, where do I start? Well, I, I would start with basically like figure out what my size of my paper is, size of my canvas is, size of whatever it is I'm working on, and once I kind of know roughly if it's long or round or short or triangle, whatever the composition is, right? Then I can just start making shapes if i've got a pin and i'm actually doing it right now if i've got a pin then i'm i'm like really quickly drawing in huge you know shapes in a in a one by one two by two inch little composition and those shapes are going to start pardon me those shapes are going to start um starting to look like something yeah like they'll have a like a feeling like so if it was like a snake for instance Mm -hmm. you can put so much effort and energy into a snake just by using using line 
draw, taking a line, like a squiggly line, and figuring out if you want it more striking, if you want it more lazy, if you want it more like a noodle, mm-hmm. the weights that, that that snake would feel. You can do all that really tiny with like small passes. Yeah. Instead of rendering the whole damn thing and putting every scale on and finding the thickness of it through the entire thing, and then you realize like, oh, it's a snake, but it doesn't. Is it striking? Is it falling? Is it stick to its stomach? Right, right, right. Yeah, thinking of like gravity and movement in the very beginning rather than as an afterthought. Mm-hmm. And loose, 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 loose. Yeah, because the the thumbnail for me um, really helps me figure out structure and form, and that's where I get the movement. Um, I feel from my personal perspective, I like. I like there to feel like there's a car tearing through a scene in a piece. Like it's got to have energy like that. Um, even though it's a stagnant two-dimensional drawing, um, I really, I take enjoyment of being able to pull that out of each piece that I do. And so the thumbnail is when I start doing that. And it's really, like you were saying earlier, working with a fat, pen, pencil, what have you, or whatever, um, but just f- trying to find the energy and the movement, like what what direction are things going, how are they interacting, <coughs> what, what's the tension in the piece, et cetera, et cetera, and it's really easy to do that in a thumbnail if you're, if you're keeping it nice and small. I think about energy in the composition of it's the most dynamic point in action. Mm. So I always picture the pitcher on the mound and there's when he's holding the ball in front of himself and looking down the alley. But then there's the windup, but it's that arm that's right above the head where he's got his fingers gripped on it and he's getting ready to release it. That's like right before the explosion, mm-hmm. right? To me, that's like, powerful energy and even like the quiet aftermath of him pointing towards the um the batter after he's done his release that energy there mm. and so if i was gonna you know do you remember like when the disney stores they sold like the cell of animation oh, movies yeah. yeah um and um you know the ones that were hot were the ones that had that one cell animation in the in the um movie where that action was happening right when the picture was releasing like so if there's a movie in my head and i get to like look at each at each frame mm-hmm. i want to draw the frame that has the most energy and so when i'm doing my thumbnail right. i'm basically trying to find that that and so like my first thumbnail might be like okay i drew the picture i got his shoulders about so high and i've got his hat down and he's like kind of like dirty you know, I've got that dirty feel and I've got to, but then I actually, I think of animation and I draw the second thumbnail as like the next step step in what that picture is going to do. Something that has movement, something. So if it was a snake, it'd be a snake sitting there, but maybe I'm like, well, he's not striking it. And then I take his head and I cock it back a little bit more and I'm like, well, that's pretty good. But then I take the belly and I push the belly out like a chest and I get his head back and it's all on the thumbnail, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and again, it's it's flat. Right. So then the next step would be, once I got the image of the imagery, I want to try to find a little bit of, the, what you were calling it, um, form shadow? Yeah, 
I, value study is what you're I'm saying. Basically break it down to a value study because your your thumbnail's so loose and once once you're settled on um, like the form and the structure that you like, I take the value I do a value study on that to make sure that I've got the spacing and everything reads properly through it because for me doing the value study at such a, a an early step really brings out any problematic areas that I might run into later on down the road. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, this, the bend in this arm isn't going to work the way I want it to because it's going to conflict with this other element in the background. And so taking the opportunity to go back and thumbnail again and tweak that structure and then do another value study after that mm-hmm. really helps bring out problematic, like fix that in the beginning stages. Yeah, and a snake, it's easy too, because, well, I mean, working digitally, it's easy, because we could we could literally draw with solid black, mm-hmm. and we can paint the highlights on. Right. You know, when you're doing it on paper and traditionally, you have to start with like more of a neutral, paint the dark and then paint the highlight maybe. I'm not really sure how I would do that anymore. But nowadays, if I did the snake, I would, I would almost like, my value study would be, on a snake, it would be just to find the form mm-hmm. where I would I would basically paint the underbelly, then again the underbelly on this section, then again the underbelly on this section, and that underbelly would end up making a snake snake more screw driverish. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like hopefully the spinning of the body, right. take it from flat to actually see the body move a little bit. If I was drawing the picture, I would end up drawing an arrow where my key light was, and I would again. I work digitally now, so I'm able to take a lighter gray. Like, mm-hmm. So I, let's say I drew with 80% gray, my thumbnail. I could jump down to like a 40% gray, and I would basically just paint where I think the sunlight or the key light, whatever key light's in that mood, hits. Mm-hmm. And that's that's how I would do it. And it would be, again, it would be as fast as I did the, the thumbnail. It wouldn't be like this overthought-out render of like, well, technically, the you know, well, I, th- I think figuring out your light source is key too, um, especially if it's like a, a really simple image that you're trying to co- uh, capture or create. Um, just taking the two seconds to figure out like where's where's the light coming from sets you up for success in the long run too. Right, I think I think doing that early on helps. So let's say we've made our list and we're like, okay, uh, well. Let- Let's draw. What, what were you talking about drawing a minute ago? You said you were going to draw a, a, a what? What are you going to draw? What are you going to draw? What? Uh, I say snake. What do you say? Oh, I, I always default to a skull. Skull. Okay, so a snake yeah. and a skull. So, and who owns it? That's the first thing I ask. Who owns the skull? Uh, wizard. Okay, so it's a wizard skull. Does a wizard live in a cave or does he live in a house? Uh, a little shack, uh, shack on top of a hill. Shack on a hill. Mm. Does he work? Let's say he works in the morning and he needs candlelight. Okay. It's early morning. Oh no, he's a late guy. Is he? Yeah, he's like a lazy wizard. Like he didn't get start working on like his evil shit until like. Is he evil or good? Oh, I don't know. I want him to be evil. Okay. Today he's evil. Deal. So, and he also sleeps in or late. Like he's just like, fuck this. I'm not getting out of bed. He's a party boy. Uh, party wizard. <laughs> All right. So we got a party wizard. And so he's got to work by candlelight. Right. right. Yep. And so he doesn't clean very much. So his, his fucking table's probably dirty. Mm-hmm. He probably has like a mouse in there somewhere maybe. No, a rat. A rat. Yeah. And the rat and the snake kind of get along just for the sake of the wizard. But you know they fucking hate each other. Yeah. Like it's amazing that the snake hasn't eaten the rat yet. Right. Well, because the rat's name's Gerald. 
Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You bought one on eBay. You got an eBay rat. Right. So the first thing I would do is I would I would set these moods, right? Like mm-hmm. So we know what's candlelit. We know we're going to keep everything tight. We have the tension of the rat and the snake. We're going to put the snake, the, the skull is going to be our key. The biggest, like strongest thing that everything can work around. Right. We're gonna, do, I'm gonna do thumbnails of a snake kind of jumping behind it, maybe coming out an eyeball or something, or maybe even the rats. I might even try the rat peeking out, like it's like using the skull as like um, a habitat for staying away from the snake. You mm-hmm. know? Yeah. And the snake's kind of like creeping around it with that low kind of head movement, you know. And that's exactly what my brain's doing while I'm doing a thumbnails. We've set this mood and because it's candle lit, we know that we're really only gonna get one side of the image mm-hmm. to be detailed because the other side's gonna fall off. There's a term called terminus. When the terminus shadow happens, everything after that, there's not gonna be a lot of bounce light to mm-hmm. relight the backside of anything up. So we put the, so I know right away if I put the rat behind the skull and the snake close to the light i'm not really going to pick up the rat very much right which could work to my benefit if that's what i was trying to do but i want both of their faces to make contact yeah where in this situation the skull is just ambient set the mood type so the skull's got cracks in it it's been used a lot blah blah blah. snakes there and i'm putting the head and of the rat and the snake on the same side as our candle candles off screen it's just light so these are all things i'm thinking about so now we've got a thumbnail to work on we've got that movement of the snake and we've got the that low <coughs> low light quick intensity slow fall off style luminous of the light mm-hmm. right yeah and then so now that let's say we've got that thumbnail we've painted in kind of our highlights quickly mm-hmm. what is your next step of, of doing this uh i so if you were drawing, I'd throw tracing paper on top of that. And working digitally, I drop the um, the tra- I, I drop the opacity down. So I I make it really light, and then I go back and I do like a, a rough drawing on top of that. So having the values in place um, helps me start figuring out like where where the jawbone is, the cheekbones, how the shape of the eye sockets that I want, spacing of the belly scales. Exactly. Quick little quick little cracks here and there. Yeah, cuz it, it's important having a value study for me is important in tattooing because it helps me work out the spacing that's necessary in executing an effective tattoo. Whereas before I would end up with a final drawing and realizing that certain things weren't spaced out the way they needed to be. And so I'd have to go back and redo things. As far as like competing levels of value. Like mm-hmm. you have a dark finger on top of a dark cloak on top of a, a dark skull. Yeah, like or even the line work is way too cluttered. Yeah. So having the value study in front of me um, to start roughing out the drawing really helps me figure out like, well, I can't. I can't do scales this size. I have to figure out how to do them at a bigger size now, you know. So it, it helps me break down things. So the the rough drawing is me getting pretty close to a final line drawing, and from there that's what I pull the line. So we've got from. our thumbnail mm-hmm. that's kind of like the first pass. And you have infinite thumbnails. Yeah. Then you do a value study, mm-hmm. and you might find that you light it differently. 
like start over, light it this way, start over, light it that way. Yeah. So you, have, you can almost have infinite. But for me, the thumbnail and the, the value steps that I do are usually the longest ones. Because mm-hmm. that's the that's where you're exploring. That's when you're basically you're like, well, this, does this brick work or do I need to pick a different brick? You know? I agree. I think that if you don't spend enough time in the value in the, in the thumbnail, then all this other stuff, the sketching and the detailing, mm-hmm. it's almost for nothing. Because you'll end up falling in love with how wonderfully you've detailed the mattiness of the rat's fur, only to realize that the rat doesn't interact well in the scene. Yeah. And then so you're like stuck with that, like, but I love this little rat. I don't want to move him. Yeah. <laughs> when you should have moved him in a thumbnail. Yeah. The tension, you can create tension without the detail. Mm-hmm. So when we get in these passes, and, and you, I think we're on the same page, like you sketch, I sketch. We keep sketching over and over again. In digital world, what you get to do is, I do a detailed sketch, which is depending on the style of drawing I'm doing, it's usually further in the value studies and mm-hmm. further in the, what I'll do is I'll do a dark pass and I do a light pass. Okay. I do a dark pass and I do a light pass. And if you're in the digital world, what happens is I'm drawing on a layer on top of my image and I'm dropping in more shadows and I'm worried about form shadow and key lighting and stuff. I'm not really getting too detailed yet. Mm-hmm. And then I drop the opacity and I merge. So I dropped the opacity of the layer I just did. So I just kind of lighten up some of those darks that I just made. Mm-hmm. And then I go and do my highlights again and I'll just jump back and forth and slowly they'll, they'll meet in the middle. And once I feel like met in the middle, met in the middle, met in the middle, meet, meet the middle, me, 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 me. then I'll go on and refine it more and more and add like the, you know, the, um, how clever the eye looks like, mm-hmm. did I really get the expression in there? Did I really, you know, get all the little textures around the mouth that I really get those fine hairs on the, the mattiness of the rat, you know? Yeah. And it, for me, um, breaking down each step and being aware of it, I've tried to refine it as much as possible and to delineate like, this is what I'm doing at this step. This is what I'm doing at this step because what I've found is I can, I end up over noodling things. Mm at the end and it loses the original intent mm-hmm. or the original energy. So kind of like what we were talking about earlier as far as like this this whole process is like a, a, a an Ouroboros where it's swallowing its tail. Like the beginning serves the end and the end serves the beginning. Um, whereas like you, in the final piece, you wanted to retain the energy and the excitement that you had in the thumbnail. Right. And so for me, if I if I don't consciously know what step in the process I'm in, um, I end up over noodling things, and that that energy gets lost. Right. The, I would say the final process for me is once I've drawn something in it, and yes, it looks like a, a snake, a skull, and a rat. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it looks like it. But I ask myself those questions of my original intent. Like, is it spooky? Does it look like an evil person owns these things? Does it mm-hmm. look you know, what, what What grime could I add to this? Should there be a mist in front of all this? Should there be something in the background I'm missing? Should there be nothing in the background? Is it drawing away? And yeah, you're right. If if um, in my final pass, if, it, if it's lost its energy and I've got to like pump it up, I do have, I have to ask myself, what did I lose? Mm-hmm. And then almost like, is this, 
is this for nothing? Right. And that's the hardest part is if, if the tail and the head of the Ouroboros, 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 if they don't, if they don't match up, then you almost have to, I think that, I think someone who's like really skilled hmm. and really loves like putting out quality will like scrap it. Oh yeah. They'll be like, man, let me just start over. You know, I, I think if I change a couple of things in my original form, then I can pull all this together. I mean, you can, you can kind of like putty and, and, uh, fix and, you know, spackle a little bit here and there and kind of like fudge it up a little bit and mm -hmm. tweak it, you know, move the head of the snake up a little bit and move the, break the, the, the neck of the mouse. And sometimes it works and makes it more dramatic, you know, right. just for the moving, moving the mouse's head a little or the rat's head a little bit, but you know, you're actually it's just snapped his head off like there's no physical way that this would happen right you know and sometimes you can get away with that but well I, listening to um this guy eric canetti talk about how it, if something isn't working out why wouldn't i throw it away right you know like the it doesn't matter how far along in the process you are you're everything that you've learned up to that point is what's serving you for the next right sketch or the next way of attacking it you know so don't don't be afraid of pitching something um just hope that you've gotten to that point in a reasonable amount of time and you haven't overworked it but you can start again fresh right. i think oh two things here i want to talk about overworking is when you get stuck on one step and it's almost like you're afraid to move on mm -hmm. you've like done the form and everything and you get and you you stay in this loose detailing yeah and you never commit you never commit to like this is how this is going to look and i'm going to refine it from here right you just keep dicking around with the, the, the with the belly scales over and over and over and over again and it's like you're afraid to move on because you'll you'll be caught mm -hmm. people know you're a phony like people like your sketches and they like that unfinished energy but to actually refine your stuff, you like, you don't know how, what direction you're trying it. It's, it's important. Like I've started noticing when I get, like I toe into that realm, I walk away. Mm -hmm. I'll get up, I'll take a break, make coffee or tea or whatnot, and then come back. Mm -hmm. And if I'm still unsure, scrap it, start mm -hmm. over again. Well, it gets the other part too, where what we've talked about here, we haven't talked about how much time it's relative to your experience level. Mm -hmm. So when we say don't spend a lot of time, it's if you've been drawing for six months or a year and this is new to you. Right. I mean, you've been doodling, but I'm talking about actually consciously drawing, understanding form, shape, function, style. Yeah. An hour for each pass might be acceptable. Mm -hmm. Three hours for each pass might be acceptable. But as you keep doing it, if you've been doing it for like say as long as we have, like the thumbnail part an hour would be a really long time for my thumbnail process, I think, at this point. Yeah. I think this at this point in time, my thumbnail process is probably 20 minutes, 30 minutes, unless something really screwy is going on. Depending on the size of the project. And, yeah. and my knowledge of the subject matter. Mm -hmm. if that's, I think that's what's going to slow me down nowadays is just not knowing. Like, if we brought a giraffe into the equation, like there's a snake eating a giraffe, I don't really know how big a snake is compared to a giraffe. So I'd have to start figuring out. Or a crow, those always throw me off. Right. If it was a snake and a crow, crows are really freaking tall, man. Mm -hmm. So you that would throw me off. I'd have to actually like think about it for a minute. You'd have to figure out your fat, pudgy version of a crow. Right. 
So then here's the other part of, and this is, this is teetering on a subject that I've been wanting to talk about, but it's, there's a, it's what you're worth. So when you bring a drawing to a guy and the guy's like, why am I paying you $200 for this? It took you 10 minutes. Mm. The answer is, well, it took me 15 years to draw it in 10 minutes. Right, right, right. And that 15 years was whatever process, what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. whatever process you did, you've refined it so much and you've worked on it so much that that's why you did it in 10 minutes. Right. And so that's, that's, that's where we start getting our worth. Our worth isn't in the actual, in the, like say future me can draw this whole entire thing in like 20 minutes, mm-hmm. right? The entire process is done in 20 minutes. And I can, I can actually get money for it or I can put it out there and hang it on a wall or whatever. Um, that is, that's not what I could have done 10 years ago. 10 years ago, it would take me five hours. Right. It doesn't mean that because I did it quicker, it's worth less. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? But. For sure. Anyway. Um, shit, John. What do you got going on today? <laughs> well, a lot of what we're talking about, actually. Um, I do this. I don't, I don't wait for a project to do this. Mm-hmm. And I, I try to like find um, other processes that, that marry into this. And what I mean by that is, like lately what I've been doing is, um, there's a, I, I'd have to look it up. There's, there's a, some Instagrams that I found that yeah. are pictures in history. Hmm. And like the, last night I found a picture of an 11 year old coal miner. Mm. And that, like, the picture just was like, oh, man, that's some crazy whack shit, you know? Yeah. And he, he looked tired already. Like, he looked like, like, there's a saying, see the old and the young and the young and the old. This 11-year-old looked like 60 already, you know? Oh, right. His face was, like, so soft, but his eyes were so wrinkled already, you know, from being in the coal mine. He had his gear on, his garb on. But what I did was I did another process where I did this whole entire thing, but I did it with, um, um, a pencil and a felt tip marker, which mm-hmm. I, I think I used to draw like that 20 years ago, mm-hmm. but I just haven't. So doing quick stuff like that where there's no tension in my timeline right. helps me. I think what screws people up is they get into the real world, they have to start working, they have to start producing, they have to have jobs done a certain amount of time. They come up with a formula for themselves of how they're going to draw, right. and then they never go back and question themselves. So their drawings will look the same mm. for the next 20 years, well, 15 years, 10 years. Their drawings look the same. The only thing that's changed is how fast they can execute them. Right. And it's like, that's great, you drew me a rabbit, but it totally looks like all the other rabbits you drew me. Can mm. you try something else? Yeah, it, taking the time, because essentially what we end up doing, even though it's a little, it's off the beaten path, tattooing wise, um it's it's basically commercial work essentially you know so there there's a certain level of monotony that can go into it but you're right it's the whole like what you do after work that plays into how good you're going to be later on you know i'm figuring out that i'm really digging deep um over this last month on sorting through like what am i actually passionate about what do i find sheer enjoyment of and um a lot of that is coming into like writing writing down my thoughts exploring like who i am what what have i what have i 
continuously enjoyed in my life over that time and really trying to explore that as far as fodder for imagery you know because I, I I want I have a goal for myself this year as far as producing personal work mm -hmm. rather than just relying on quote-unquote I'm, I'm using the term commercial work but it's what I do to make a living on a regular basis I get I have so much passion and drive for what I do but a lot of where that comes from is my like personal drive and enjoying the process of making marks and drawing etc etc but I'm realizing that uh, I've heard this term like you have a you have a bank account like a visual bank account and if you withdraw so much money out of that you don't have anything left at a certain point so you have to start making deposits mm -hmm. and so my exploring of like what what am I passionate about what do I enjoy is my way of trying to put money back into my bank account so I can withdraw it later on mm. you know so trying to recharge that's me with hiking with going out and doing my hiking sketches and going out and like you know we're talking about environment mm -hmm. like dude you can go on a hike and, and I like to see like oh that's where that's where these little gnomes live or that's where a wizard would live or that's where that's where this type of bird would come from. And it's all made up fantasy bullshit in my head. Yeah. But how can you draw fantasy background if you've never actually hiked and seen a waterfall? And yeah, I don't know. But that's that's how I'm charging myself right now. Same idea, man. Yeah. So the process, there is a general process that everyone has to kind of adhere to. Mm -hmm. How you fill it, how you go about it, the, the materials you use, the time you, you it takes. That's your journey. That's your walk. That is your destiny. You know. Find your destination. Figure out how to how you're gonna how you're gonna go about traveling it. Pick your tools, and don't stick to any of them. Yeah. You know, force yourself to change. Force yourself to reassess your process. Are you not taking long enough in your thumbnail? Are you taking too long in your thumbnail? Yeah. Are you using number two pencils the entire time? Should you go ahead and just get a big, you know, go into your kid's uh, bin and grab a fat ass crayon and watch what happens you know and hell sometimes even just like being aware of like what the process is and breaking that down for yourself is a huge like yeah. light switch for people take just, an inventory and write down what are you doing yeah. you know i think we get ended like this in chess there's an opening a middle and an end game mm -hmm. and you cannot do the moves of an end game during the opening or you will die you cannot do opening moves too long in the middle of a game once your opponent has decided that they're in the middle game and you're still doing opening moves, you will die. So you almost have to break up your drawing into opening, middle, end game mm -hmm. and figure it out. If you're doing opening moves too long, you're doodling around, screwing around too much. Yeah. If you're ignoring your end game, then you're never closing the deal. You're just moving pawns around. Yeah. So identify the beginning, the middle, and the end of your process and I think you're going to map it out and, and, and be be a little more confident in what you, in whatever it is you approach. Yeah, you'll surprise yourself. Ditto. Thanks, everyone. This has been another episode of the Bastards of Art podcast. Jonathan, where can they find us? www.bastardsart.com. iTunes, Ding. Stitcher, Ding. SoundCloud. Ding. We haven't bought a. We haven't bought a. We need. You know, pros, they have those things, they do the button where it's like, yuck, yuck, yuck. We're going to buy a sound <laughs> machine next. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.